Hi, welcome to another episode of Sisters Gone Platinum with your hosts, Rena and Vicky, where if you're looking to be inspired, entertained, and encouraged, you've reached the right place. Pull up a seat. We got you, sis. Today's episode is brought to you by exclusive services by My Girls, your premier destination for top-notch house cleaning, handyman, and organizational services. Exclusive services by My Girls isn't just a cleaning service, it's a commitment to excellence. Their team of experts go above and beyond to ensure your space is not just clean, but a sanctuary you look forward to coming home to. Whether you're a busy professional or someone who values their time, Exclusive Services by My Girls understands your needs and delivers exceptional cleaning, tailored just for you. A huge thank you to Exclusive Services by My Girls for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Sisters Gone Platinum, where you can expect to be entertained and laugh and maybe cry. And spit upon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Rena, and I'm here with uh, my lovely sister, Vicky, <laughs> also a host. And we are excited to be back together again. Yes. After spending a week apart. Nothing like sisters and sister time. Right. How was your week, sis? What did you do this last week? Um, uh, a little bit, uh, probably mundane, but I'm excited about it. Um, I've almost reached my goal. I have two pounds to go. I've been on that strictly meat diet, the carnivore diet. Carnivore? Yeah. I thought I said carnival. <laughs> I've definitely not been on the carnival Are diet. Are you sure? <laughs> my life wondered, is a carnival, but I'm not on that I diet. I wondered what you were doing with that uh, bozo clown suit. <laughs> I thought it was something you and your husband were into. I mean, you never know. The clown's feet. Have you noticed? <laughs> No, I haven't. Oh, my goodness. Topic for another day. Oh, that was way better than what I started to say. Let's talk about that for a minute. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What what part do you enjoy most of the carnival? I haven't been to a carnival since... Corn dogs? No. (laughs) I haven't been to a carnival since I think I was like eight or nine. Oh, my goodness. It's been a minute. Back in the 70s. And I'm trying to think, what did I enjoy back then? I don't mm. remember, to be honest. I don't remember. <laughs> it was so long ago. But, that uh, ties right in, actually. That couldn't have gone more perfectly. It ties right in with our topic. <laughs> yeah, what is our topic for this week? Our topic is uh, the things we've lived through. Wow. I thought it would be fun to talk about some of the fun and exciting and grotesque things we've had to experience in this life. (laughs) When I say grotesque, I'm not really thinking grotesque. I'm thinking uh, when we were younger, one of my chores and um, my older brothers, we had to go dig the new toilet holes because we had outhouses. That's what I was thinking when I said (laughs) grotesque. (laughs) And it was gross. It was. Well, you had to go dig this big old hole and we had a certain size because we would move the entire outhouse and set it on top of it. You remember, right? Of course. (laughs) Well, so uh, one of mine and my older brother's... uh, Which brother? uh, Melvin. Oh, nice. So uh, we got to be the ones to uh, not only dig the toilet hole... Uh, we got to move the toilet too, uh-huh. and then cover up the old one. So that's that's one of our fun experiences. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I remember the few times. So obviously, we moved to Mexico when I was eleven ish, and then I dealt with outhouses until I left. So I dealt. Let's see, how many years was that? That was a lot of years. Eleven and um, so it was for twenty. 
25 years more or less dealt with outhouses, never had an indoor plumbing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, outhouse, <laughs> I never had to dig an outhouse hole, to be honest, I never did. But I do remember the fear around it because I always was afraid the kids were going to fall in. Oh, that you know, happened. When we were potty training some of mom's kids, yep. we would take them out and hold them over the toilet seat, whatever. And, and, and when you're holding the kids, you have to look down there. I mean, people oh in America, you know, the porta potties, mm-hmm. it's like that, but worse. You got to add, you got to add all the flies and everything else that's growing in there. So yeah, it was pretty disgusting. So my biggest fear was that the kids would fall in and I've never experienced anything like that, thank goodness. But yeah, it was a yucky experience. One day, one of my brothers, when they went out to the outhouse, one of the floorboards gave way and he came back in towards the house. He didn't dare go in the house, but towards the house and he had black sewer water clear up to his thigh where his one leg went through. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's terrible. It was terrible. Oh, another funny story. Uh, one of my <laughs> one of our cousins, she was sitting in the outhouse and you know how the the seats, you have to make a smaller seat for the little ones for sure. so they don't yeah. fall through. Right. And then a larger one for the uh, Adult. the adults. So she was sitting in there, and she was reading her book. Well, out of the smaller toilet seat pops up a snake. We <gasps> lived in the jungle, so this snake pops his head out. Oh, my gosh. She threw her book at the snake and knocked it and her book straight into the <laughs> toilet hole. <laughs> Poor girl. Some of the experiences we had growing up. Wouldn't that be your fear? You're sitting on the toilet hole and and a snake would... Right? Oh, my God. Snakes were everywhere. They were everywhere. They would crawl through our roofs because we had the palm leaf roofs. Right. Uh, There was this one time in particular where I wasn't even dating my husband yet, but uh, we were all all at the Saturday dance. And all of a sudden, people start screaming and hooping and hollering, and someone's pointing up to the roof, the palm leaf roof, and uh, there's a snake weaving in and out of there. And he wasn't my husband at the time, but my husband hopped up on the counter and reached up and grabbed the tail, the snake's tail and just kind of pulled him down and threw him to the ground and killed him. And it was it was huge. It was a five-foot snake, a boa. Oh, my God. Gosh. It was terrible. He picks it up, throws it outside, and the dance continues. <laughs> <laughs> the dance continues. True story. I'm well, not exaggerating oh a bit. I feel like little shocks on my leg, like little sting shocks while you're saying yeah. that. Like, oh my gosh, that had to be just terrible. Oh, yeah. I never lived in the jungle when mom moved down there and where you kind of grew up. I never lived down there, so I don't have... I've heard so many stories about, you know, snakes and yep. all kinds of spiders and whatever else you guys had down there, chiggers and whatever. So I don't have mm-hmm. those stories, but I can imagine how it was for mom to have, what, did she have eight little kids with her, mm-hmm. more or less? From eight, yeah. yeah. yeah Actually, there was, at one point, there was nine of us. So nine little kids out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, a lot of us think when you say Cancun, you're thinking of the beautiful yeah. tropical uh, Beaches re- resort. Beaches yeah for tourists and then when you go down there it's like out in the middle of nowhere banana leaf or whatever banana leaf or whatever um it's jungle like jungle jungle where we lived we are four hours away from cancun and civilization it was yeah we uh walked around barefoot like little like little indians (laughs) yeah i just can't imagine how mom weathered all that coming from 
you know, she went to school, born and did her stuff in St. George, mm-hmm. and then she lived in the United States until 1970, I feel like it was like 78, 70, I, I should know this, it's in my book, but I just can't remember, but it feels mm-hmm. like it's around 1978, whatever, and came into Mexico, and then, I mean, she ended up passing away or lived in Cancun mm-hmm. the last few days of her life. So she lived that kind of life for so long. So, so long. And all the little struggles and stuff. But yeah, man, the stories I've heard all mom's kids come up with, or come, that come yeah. up from down there with, it's just like mind-blowing. I can't imagine. Even though I know we lived through hard times, and I'm sure some of the stories I've shared with, with you girls, um, you you weren't a part of, like, deal, no. dealings with dad. Like, no. anytime we've ever had all those, we didn't have to worry about snakes or worry about black widows mm. or what are those other, with the tail comes of scorpions. Oh, there are plenty of and those. And then these plants that drip that acid. Yeah, the poison are, sumac. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I didn't have those stories, but mine were always around dad. The fear of dad. Yeah, the fear of dad and the pain that, that he emotionally mentally more than anything right. some physical on me that I would share is like we both would say oh yeah. I can't imagine that you yeah. know but yet we lived through that yeah. and we're not to make this episode about all the pain but it's just the things we've come through like you know like you say outhouses what you know wow or like me when I was married to the father of my kids we would um obviously poverty was a sign of godliness you know they believed mm. by being pov- in poverty that you were um, closer to God and you were humble and you weren't, you know, proud and God, wow. God would bless, you know, the meek and the poor. So deliberately they were poor. So we, we suffered poverty, but oh my goodness, one of the things I went through was, uh, when it came to food was picking weebles out of oh. every, you know, beans especially, but the wheat as well and rat poop out of the oatmeal that we ate. Oh my god. And then straining <laughs> straining cockroaches and cockroach body parts and um oh cricket legs out of our so called sweetener, which was I found out later, can you believe all those years I didn't know, but I found out later that the Spiloncio it was the garbage left over from the sugar cane factory sugar. factories and they gave that to the cattle. That why that's yeah. why it was so dirty. What I didn't know. Oh my goodness! So he, I didn't even put together where he, what section of the store he'd go to, to buy that. But you went into the section where the salt rock was for the animals and whatever else, so and they'd have big boxes of this sugary stuff. They were like in little silicones, mm-hmm. hard, hard, like brown sugar, but really hard. And you would boil them, melt them down, and then you would have to strain them. And that's what I used for sweetener. I would say all oh, the years right. that I was married to him. But oh yeah, we'd have to strain that stuff out of there. When I think about it, I can't believe we didn't. <laughs> the things we did, right? <laughs> I can't believe we just didn't shrivel up, you know, and and be sick and whatever. Oh my goodness. I remember at one point somebody saying, why don't you just eat the weevils? It's a source of protein. They, they'll be good for you. <laughs> um, I remember, and, and correct me because I totally could be wrong so easily, but I remember going to your house in um in northern mexico i remember you having a dirt floor did you not have a house with a dirt floor and a tub where you would bathe a tub what kind of tub like those big tin wash tubs so truth be told i never lived on a on a dirt floor or in a home with mama had a house with a dirt floor though during those times and i was there 
at Mama's house. That's probably the memory I have. Yeah, Mama, and I was there, so I would go see Mama all the time. She only lived in it for a short amount of time, and it was like a two-room, like two set, two rooms, not two-bedroom, and the floor was dirt, and the walls were adobes. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah, that's, that was Mama's place. That was the last my, place she lived in. My memory in. said it was your place. No, nope, because I would go there and see you guys all the time. Okay. Mom spent a lot of time with me. She was like at the very bottom. Of course... I can only say from what I remember, your story is going to be mm-hmm. a lot more of that because you were with her. But she was at the bottom of poverty like I had never seen her during that time. Yeah. I mean, back when she was raising you and a couple of other kids in, in Baja, uh, what was it called, Los Molinos? Well, at least she had T-shirts that she could use for diapers for the mm-hmm. kids, remember? At this point, she didn't even have that. Like, she was super, like, the yeah. bottom of poverty like you can't imagine. Yet, our father was wealthier than than heck he had the the nicest vehicles he had the nicest home and he was really prestigious in the church and she got to um she obviously was his wife and dad would get after her because she didn't represent him well but she was at the bottom of poverty and mom never asked for help which that's going to be a topic later Mm -hmm. but as her daughter i would go and do what i could do for her and share time with her so that's why you're remembering that because I spent a lot of time with mom while she was at that adobe house it was adobe all mud on the outside Mm -hmm. the inside the walls were um stucco I guess or cemented but the floor was mud but to be honest sis it was like a pen that's what I felt like it was like a a pig pen some kind of animal pen it was a goat pen a goat pen yeah I remember, I think at that very same time, I remember going to one of our aunt's house and she had a sack of dog food in her pantry. And I remember getting one and tasting it and thought it was the most delicious thing I've ever tasted. I was starving and I stole a couple of handfuls and I shoved them in my coat pocket (laughs) and I ran out to where her swing was and I just sat on her swing and I ate dog food, like the little kibbles, the little brown, brown dog food. It was delicious. I was, I was starving. (laughs) Yeah. I remember eating dog food as well, but I think it was more out of curiosity, but yeah. No, I remember that almost, my hands were almost shaky, starving feeling and it was so yummy. Yeah, when I think when I think of what mom had to go through, it's just it just breaks my heart. It does. Yeah. <clears throat> that memory was a tough one. I believe yep. um Dorothea wait. Dorothea was the little one and then um Melan not Melanie, I'm sorry, that's my child. Um Linnell, Linnell was born. And mom went off to Velma's house and gave birth there, but she lived in that little shack for a short amount of time. And I think it was like supposed to be temporary. I think Keith was doing something with some homes that she might was going to move in. It's not like she lived in that place very long or much, but for those moments, it was like unbearable. But it wasn't yeah. my house. This I was just there, and mom had that tub that, that she would bathe the kids yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was hard time. So we've lived through dirt floors, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Yeah. When I first moved to Mexico, so I would have been eleven. We stayed at Ophelia's house, which is one of my dad's wife's, an amazing girl, lady, I should say. Um, <laughs> Mom wasn't there for some reason, but uh, I remember waking up that morning, next morning, and counting all the flea bites. That I, yeah, I remember counting. I remember it was like a hundred and some odd flea bites. Flea bites. Yeah, and you know, 
the natives or the people of the town, they, they I guess they had gotten used to Immune it or built up them. an immunity to it. But little white girl, fresh blood, fresh blood, <laughs> they ate me alive. And oh my if, you, if you know, or if you, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have, I'm super allergic, allergic to bites, mosquito bites, any kind of bites. Like my body just swells oh. up huge. You would have never little, survived in Southern Mexico no, then. <laughs> no, so yeah, so I remember counting. Like I remember it was hundred and some some odd and you know the the whole goal was to not scratch them oh yeah because oh. they itch so bad yeah <laughs> but going to Mexico there were so many things that we so I came from I know that it sounds funny to a lot of moms younger children that I actually was in dance when I was a little girl and I was in guitar lessons I lived the American life went to school um, well, I didn't go to daycare, but we did have, uh, you want to say, a nanny or someone that took care of us. And then I would go to dance. Mom would drop me off. I would go to guitar. And when I tell that to my grandkids, they were just like, you, Grandma, went to dance? But weren't you wow. raised in Mexico? And I said, I was. But when I was first, you know, little, Mom took me to all those fun kind of things. And then moving from San Diego into Mexico, it was a, a shock change. I remember oh, yeah. it was hard. Mitch was the baby, and we were potty training him over the outhouse, and the songs we would sing. I just talked to Mitch the other day, and that memory came up. Anyways, it was a lot of fun. So we've been through poverty, and then um, what are some of the other things we've overcome? Oh, my goodness. Mom was a trooper. I swear, that woman. There's this one story. It makes me laugh. I can almost not even tell the story. Um, so uh, one of the kids run in from outside, and one of this huge and when I say huge it was a huge boa snake was eating Linnell's pet chicken <laughs> oh my gosh so mom no big deal she didn't think twice grabs a machete runs out there and chops the snake's head off and tossed the chicken because it was dead by then and on her way back to put the machete away there was this ginormous tarantula on the wall so she sets the machete in its place takes off her shoe and slaps this tarantula (laughs) smashes it against the wall goes in the house and up on up in the palm palm, uh, roof ceiling uh there's a scorpion so she gets the broom knocks the scorpion down steps on it throws it in the trash right didn't blink didn't think twice and she's just this brave woman (laughs) And it's time to eat, right? And it all happened within five minutes. It literally all happened within five minutes. She grabs a plate and a cockroach runs, crossed her hand from the one side of the plate to the other. Oh my goodness, she screamed like a little girl, threw the plate across the room, threw the plate across the room and she's stomping and waving her hand and screaming so grossed out. <laughs> Yeah, she just killed the boa snake, snake. just smashed a tarantula and a scorpion, scorpion, but that roach. But the cockroach, no, you don't get a cockroach close to mama. (laughs) It was was so funny, so, so funny to see her, this brave woman, right? And I was only nine at the time, nine, ten. Right. And I just thought mom was just my hero. And that put a little tiny, uh, like, wait, mom, that was a cockroach. You just killed a boa. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, she was was a trooper. That's for darn sure. was hilarious. She was so fun. Our topic is the things we've been through, but I feel like we don't have enough time because, you know, just this that we're talking about our life with mom, much less the 45 years since, you know, since then. 
But yeah, we've been through a lot of fun things, I think, some embarrassing things. I was trying to think of some of my embarrassing moments to share, but for after sharing my grandma, you look like a pirate a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and whatever, it's like, it, where do you start, where do you end? There's so many interesting and fun things, you know, being a mother of nine, all my children are adults, married. Uh, with the 30 grandkids that I have, I feel like, I think we're a family of 62 between wow. my husband and myself. And I feel like there's just never a dull moment, yet there's, never. there's lots of hugs and love, and then there's lots of unforeseen things that you go through as well. And so I feel like at the ripe old age of whatever I am, um, I just feel like I've had a big life, I've gone through a lot of stuff. And through my time here in Minnesota... I've, um, you know, built some friendships Mm -hmm. and a lot of different uh, services that I use and whatever. And I love to share my story, which, you know, that's, that's my uh, purpose. And um, I've been told, I've been told once, I've been told a thousand times, like most people live a lifetime and not experience what you experience in five years. Mm -hmm. And it is true. Like there's just so much that we've gone through or we've experienced, which I feel like it's a gift. It but really it's, is. But it's like every rose has its thorn. Right. Yeah, it, it has Not this, every experience is pain-free. <laughs> no, not, not for sure not. There's a lots of laughs, lots of uh, tears for sure. But boy, and I sometimes wonder, like, are we just that kind of material, sis? Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. We're scrappy. <laughs> You said that the other day, and I didn't want to accept it. So remind me again what that what scrappy means. Uh, um, To me, is you can create something out of nothing because we know how because we've had to do it. Think of think of what your washer, your first washer. What did it look like? What was it? My first washer. Your first washer that I can remember. Well, yes. I can remember mom's washer when we lived in the United States was just a standard washer, but the first washing machine I remember ever having to use was a ringer washer. Yeah, a ringer washer. No, well, actually, I'm lying. The first washer I have ever had to use was mom had a Mennonite washer. She found it in some of the stuff that was left behind the people that fled Los Molinos when that raid hit. Okay. So a lot of homes were abandoned. And in one of those homes, because down over in that part of Mexico, there wasn't Mennonites anywhere over there. So someone had brought down one um a mennonite washer i'm not familiar with okay, that. I'm gonna tell you what it looks like washer? so men, this mennonite washer it, ha- it was all made out of wood okay the bottom half it was a wood kind of round ish tub okay. so i would say obviously my dimensions i'm not good with inches or feet so i don't know <laughs> how wide but i'm gonna guess it was like two feet wide okay and probably five feet long and it wow. was kind of like a half a moon shape Okay. Like, like picture, a barrel like a, sawed in half? Kind of like okay. that, sort of. And inside of the barrel saw in half mm-hmm. thing, there are lots of slats of wood. Okay. So there's just like little... Like the dasher? Like the ones, <laughs> yeah, like the ones you, like you see in chairs, wood chairs. And okay. they were just standing up and it was lined with those. And there was probably like an inch between each one and okay. then there'd be another one. And it's not laying flat. It's turned sideways. So it's creating like a grade, you might mm-hmm. say. And then it was round like that. So it was like a tub, but it was all wood, like mm-hmm. a barrel. You throw your laundry, you fill it with water, throw your laundry, put your soap in it, and then the lid fit perfectly 
inside of there. It was rounded as well, kind of like what maybe a butter churn kind of oh, wood would gotcha, look like. Gotcha. So yeah, it yeah. fit perfectly on top. You take two little wood levers that were screwed in and you, you would move them like latches and it would mm-hmm. hold the top mm-hmm. on okay. or in place. And then you would take the handle that was up kind of high and then you move it back and forth. So Sandy and I, she'd be on one side, I'd be on the other side, and I would push it, and she'd push it, I'd push it, she'd push it. So we'd go what we thought it was long enough, and then you take the lid off, and there's soap, suds, and water, and then you wring everything wring out, put it in a tub, the rinse it, and then tub. we would wring it out. So I was 11, Sandy was 10. How tight could we wring anything? Not very Not tight. Very. Then we'd hang it up on the, the clothesline to dry. So that's the first washing machine I ever was involved with, but that really wasn't one. But then mom got that wringer washer, and we were rich. When we had a wringer washer, yeah, yeah. mom was wealthy when we had that. Was like, I mean, it wasn't even hers. It was the communal. I think it was dad and all his family's. Did you ever get your hair cut in the ringer washer? No, I was too smart for that. Never, but I saw it happen. But let me tell you what I did get caught in there. My whole arm. (laughs) (laughs) I heard of a lady that got her boob stuck in there. (laughs) Like, for real. I can't imagine. For real, they wrung their boob through the ringer. Oh my gosh! So when when you had to feed the, feed these ringers, they were I mean I don't know how many people remember them or ever had to use them, but you put your clothes through it, and it would ring, and it was electric, so we didn't have to. There was a time when you turn it with your hand, yeah. and you would never get caught in that. So no. this one time I'm putting in it, and you have to try to get the clothes as clothes as close as you could to yep. the, to the rollers and keep your fingers out of the way. Well, I caught my hand one time, <laughs> and it has this this what do you call this? Like an emergency break relief that little release. red little. Yeah. So we hit that. So it still would pull. It kept pulling my arm, but there was there no wasn't. pressure at that point. Yeah. Then I just turned the knob and put it in reverse, and out came my hand. <laughs> but um, I saw my kids get their hands caught in there too. But they all knew. <laughs> One of my, um, well, she she's not my child, but she was my ex husband's sister, and I kind of raised her. Well, she gets her hand caught in there, and I can see her from the kitchen window. Something's going on. So I'm coming running, and she bangs with her head the release button. <laughs> the release button. <laughs> She's fine. But yeah, that, that was my experience with ringer washers. Boy, so that, that was my first and then. I definitely got my hair caught in it, but nothing major. I didn't pull it out. I was able to stop it right quick and, uh, what do you call it, reverse it? And yeah. just wring it right out. But. <laughs> I did hear of a grown woman. Like, she had children. She had kids. Well, she had to. When you said she got got her breast breast wrong. (laughs) When you said that, I assumed she was grown. I assumed she'd had some kids because no young girl. That's true. (laughs) Unless she did it on purpose. (laughs) She wouldn't even be able to. She'd have to put the thing into her ribs and hold it there. Especially back oh then. Oh, my goodness, oh, yeah. That is interesting. And, of course, uh, scrub boards. I oh, used that for years. for sure. And then when I would go to... Uh, Washboards. Washboards, yep. Yeah, and when I go to the United brushes. States, believe it or not, um, I would use stones, big rocks, and go down to the river bottom and wash clothes all the time. And I was so... You know me. I'm a perfectionist. And yeah. I de- I'm determined to get out every spot of stain, mud. Well, needless to say, I did the laundry off at the river bottom and my laundry looked beautiful but it was all shredded you wore holes in them (laughs) and my husband goes to get his socks and I saw the little hole starting I thought I saved it it was just like fall apart melt in your hand you touch it and all shred off like what did you do well I poured on gallons of bleach I scrubbed I got every bit of that stain out I ruined so much (laughs) 
during that season and I learned like you're just gonna have to leave and it was during pineat season so you really can't get everything clean but you know I was determined oh like there was goodness. even like this this fight in me I'll you think you're gonna stay there I'll, just be, I'll scrub you watch harder this. watch this <laughs> yeah but uh, I learned real quick that you know stone washing was really hard not on clothing a good idea. yeah not a good idea the only time I washed on stones was um after I was married we went for a month long trip to Nicaragua and I literally sat my butt in the river, found a rock and washed clothes and just I used the entire river to wash my laundry. <laughs> So yeah. that was actually was a fun experience. And then and then fun. the poor natives down at the other end are getting drinking water. <laughs> Probably. Oh, it's kinda of cloudy day. Oh, it smells like Ariel. Uh, soap and yeah. bleach. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Wow. The things we've gotten to do. Yeah. It makes us sound so ancient or what is the word? Antique. Primitive. Yeah. So <laughs> antique, like from so long ago. We might as well add in there we rode around on dinosaurs because <laughs> right? so long ago, but no. Yeah, that was th- those were good days. At the time, you don't realize so, that you're gonna look they were back fun. at that. Yeah, they were kind fun. of. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, because they served me, so yeah, now sure. they were fun at the sure. time. Well, especially when you're a child, you don't even realize that you're going without so much because you never know the difference. Sure. So you don't have, for the most part, you don't have this. Oh, I'm so poor. I'm doing so badly. Right. You're just. This is what it takes. I mean, you got to get out there and scrub your clothes by hand and make your own clothesline and yeah. go to the jungle, chop your own sticks and your own leaves to make a porch for your house if you want to sit on a porch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, make your own porch sling right. if you want one. Right. <laughs> I remember also back, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was uh, young, obviously. So there in Los Molinos, there they um, had some big rainfall, like a flooding of rain. And the bridges were washed out, so no semi-trucks, no anything. Just picture that road. There was one way on that whole, is it called Peninsula or whatever you call that, down over there, that um, whole was, little strip. I'm not good with maps I'm, and what do you I call it. I was so tiny. I was. Anyways, the, the bridge was washed out, and there was no way getting in to any of those towns. Any, I mean, there's town after town after, all the way down to Cabo San Lucas. It's on the same strip of land. So there was no way to drive down and get down to get those stores stocked. And I remember it was quite a fearful time. So dad had a big tractor. He did a lot of the farming there in that Los Molinos for the Mm -hmm. town people. They were raising that, excuse me, they were raising wheat. Anyways, it was all of us teenage kids. I was a teenager. We would go down with trucks and whatever. It was kind of like a fun event. And we would watch dad pull these vehicles across the water, the river, and they'd found a place where it wasn't so deep and pull them across and get people back home. And he we did it for, it felt like forever, but for a long time till they could fix that bridge. Well, during like that days, time, weeks, months, I would say up to for sure a month. Oh, wow. Well, they, they, the bridge were washed out. So they had to, totally, they had to yeah, wait till so the rivers went months. all the way down to go around them, or they had to create something these semis could drive over. It, it felt, I was a kid, so who knows how long it was, mm. but it felt like a long time. It was long enough to where towns were starting to experience famine, and these mm. big helicopters would come into each little town and bring in food. Oh, my goodness. And Mom sent me to get her rations, and I remember she sent me with like a big, it felt like it was a sheet, it wasn't a pillowcase, it was a sheet. And so I went there and they filled it up with this food, whatever all was in there, and tied up and Gerald and I 
put a stick between it, believe it or not, and we carried it home. And I swear, sis, we felt like it was Christmas. Oh and this was goodness. for famines and hard times, right? It, they had like chocolate abuelita, which is no. the, the Mexican hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. And I just hot remember cocoa. I had all cans of sardines and rice and wow. all kinds of food, in my opinion, was things we never ate. And I, I was a teenager, and I remember the feeling was like, here, this whole continent, or what do you want to call it, is, is starving, and the government's helping, and this is heaven for us yeah. because we lived in such poverty. Yep. We struggled hunger, or we suffered hunger so much. Yep. And I just remember going through that. And what's so funny is as you hear people talk you know, throughout life, especially now with everything going on in the news, like, oh, we're going to have World War Three, and mm-hmm. we're all going to go hungry, which is your biggest fear is hunger, right? right. Homeless, whatever people start talking about. And I keep reminding myself, you've been through that. Yeah. You can go through anything, and we're going to be okay. But at the time, I just remember it being a very scary, scary time, and we had gone through hunger. So I feel like in Mama's life, from the age of about 30 till all the kids were married and gone, hunger was a big part of of her life, a big part of all of our lives. One day I was shucking um, corn, field corn for the goats, and I'm bawling, and I'm a teenager, and at the point of dating, and want to look somewhat beautiful, whatever. And I'm shucking this corn on this piece of metal grate or whatever, and I'm bawling, because that's all Mama had. I shucked it, washed it, cooked it with lime. Lye? Lye. Lime. Mm-hmm. No, it's lime. Cal. Not lye. Okay. It's that powdered okay, chocolate. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I cooked it with that, and then it softens it, and then you wash it, clean it good, and yeah. then toast it on the stove toasted to the stove you toast it and some salt and that's what we were having for dinner and i remember just bawling hominy <laughs> yeah it was Didn't like hominy but this was something for some reason we toasted it. i don't know why mom wanted because you way. didn't have oil to fry maybe it. it was a different way to make it it was a toasted day and then you to- the next day we were going to have it boiled i don't know but i just remember bawling because we were so poor mm-hmm. we struggled but mom always fed us she'd make that um i remember when we were a little more wealthier she'd make that homemade bread and that's I loved the most about what mom made for us when we were yep. growing up was her bread. We'd cut a slice of that hot bread. Oh it was even goodness. like, I don't even think she put yeast in it. It was so heavy. So it was flour and salt, whatever. And I would go out into the field right behind our house and there was wild cherry tomatoes and I'd oh. squeeze the seeds on my, and put salt on it and that was my sandwich. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember that we, I can honestly say that I've gone through famine. I've yeah. gone through hunger. You wouldn't believe that now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been through something like that too, and I and I know you have too. Oh, for sure. Different, yeah, so different points. Yeah, who would ever think had someone told me yeah, one day in your life you're going to be dieting, right? I never believed it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be eating just steak, <laughs> suffering, poor thing. <laughs> Yeah, but boy, have we been through a lot. And we obviously cannot put any, all of it on this. Maybe we'll... Oh, not even Later close. on, we'll have another episode where we can talk about some more, you know, mm-hmm. as being parents and some of the funny things that we've done and silly things and not so funny things. But, man, I didn't think this episode was going to be so much about mom, but boy, how yeah. good. I'm just so proud of She's her. She's a trooper. Yeah, She's I'm so a proud trooper. of her. And she, she never complained about it. She never felt sorry for herself. She would never even... I didn't even know we were going through a hard time through most of it. Because she, she would just try and make it better, try and make it better. And she did that a lot with the community there, too, where she would 
the set, you know, in Southern Mexico, there was what, six families, let's say six mm -hmm. white families. And, right. um, she would get everybody together. Hey, let's have this big old Thanksgiving dinner. And obviously we didn't have turkeys, but we, you know, we had chickens. We would kill the chickens and bake Plug them and, and yep. And invite the, uh, the, the natives and show them a different way. You know, they didn't know about Thanksgiving they didn't. And, uh, But she would make these uh, work sat. Let's work Saturdays. Let's go and and uh, she would organize them and then organize who was gonna make the lemonade because we were there was tons of lime I guess limeade. Uh, you make limeade. You make uh, some kind of a sandwiches or something, and you bring the picks and you bring the whatever all, and we would go and help. Um, Whoever happened, whoever's turn it happened to be, oh, so-and-so needs a new clothesline. And we would get there and flatten out an area and throw up a clothesline in the, in the, for the work Saturdays. Or so-and-so needs a driveway or so-and-so needs the roof fixed or whatever we were doing. She would organize that and she would organize, she made it fun for us. She, she organized uh, what we call ladies meeting. Okay, how do we go about making hominy or whatever it was? And, and uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. She did uh, monthly dances too. Yeah, so she, she tried. Yeah. She tried to make it as fun as possible. So I didn't know that we were that hard up. <laughs> right. I remember back. So when you guys were going through all that, I was married and having my kids. And um, every now and then, which happened a lot, the men, some of the men from the colony, would be making a trip down there. Yeah. Either they had families down there, or they were thinking of moving down there. Whatever the story was. And Sandy, at some point, Vera as well, and myself. So mm -hmm. that's. The Anyways, our sisters, we would gather up stuff to send down. I either, remember. You would take it out of your own home and send it to our home. Sack, sack of beans, yep. or, uh, pecans, wheat. or wheat, or whatever we could we could muster up. And even in the mix would be a little, uh, what is it called? A cassette tape. Yep. Uh, dramatized. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dramatized little entertainment. With us girls would get together and make our so-called movies. It was so Clips fun. to send down to, to mom to entertain the kids. But I remember between us sisters, there was a conversation that mom shared everything she ever got yep. with everyone in town, mm -hmm. and and we would feel like you know, yeah, I can send stuff to mom, to mom but I can't take town. care of all my aunts, and it it was kind of hard because you wanted mom to have certain things and know she was yeah. okay for a couple of months, but you knew right away that she the needs of the share. town were gonna were mm -hmm. gonna take over, and and it was beautiful, and, and how um, honorable for mom to be that kind of a, a woman, and but I, for us over here, it's like we just felt like. How can we change? Yeah, we wanted to help Mama, but and we did send stuff. I mean, not as much because I obviously was dealing with poverty, poverty as well. Yourself. But your other two sisters did a lot more, and, and in fact, they considered moving down there and might even live down there for a while. So they were more involved mm -hmm. with what was going on. But I just remember thinking it was so hard because she just everything you gave her everything you sent her it was you know it was everybody she Everybody's. had three sisters there so she would make sure and grandma was there and some brothers sometimes yep and she would yeah she would share with her siblings which you put you in the same place you would have done the same of course of course so i understand I. it yeah. i just remember thinking like i can't take care of the whole town <laughs> yeah that was the feeling like okay i could send her a sack of pecans but how much is she really gonna get yeah or whatever it was, but yeah, boy, man, that feels like so long ago, sis. Yeah, oh my goodness, it was so, a lifetime ago. Yeah, it, does, it almost feels like it's a Netflix series I watched. It <laughs> <laughs> so reminded here. me of something. Right? Anyways, but this has been an awesome episode. I had no it's idea that it would be so much about mama. You know, right. you just start and then here we are, but yeah. 
Love that lady. But anyways, anything else you'd like to add? Mm, not, I mean, obviously there's tons. I mean, there's never-ending stories, but that'll be good for now, I think. Okay. Well, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be looking forward to uh, seeing you back here with our next episode. So until then, get up, pull up your Spanx, put on your bra or not, and take back your power. We did, and you can too. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. We are not licensed healthcare professionals of any kind. This audio should not replace nor substitute the advice of any healthcare professional. <laughs>